but I, I love driving in my, my F-150 2014, you know, relatively speaking, XLT, nothing special. I love driving that, that F-150 down the tollway. Maybe I'm not even passing them. Maybe they're passing me, right. passing Mercedes, Lexus, Audis, all these cars. And just seeing these people and, and just, just knowing, you know, their, their car costs three times as much as me. But my net net worth is is a hundred times what theirs is. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe that that, that just feeds my <laughs> ego a little bit. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is building great sales teams. All right, guys, I got Zach Sasser on the podcast today, a.k.a. The Young Closer. He's a multi-million dollar producer with Break Free Academy and Apex. He's the CMO for Lone Star Exteriors. He's a UNT graduate up there in Dallas, and he's got a book releasing in eight days now. Is that right? Yes, sir. Eight days. Man, I'm, I'm excited for you. When I saw the cover, I was like, man, I just I love the aesthetics of the cover, how everything's put together how it's laid out, looks great. And timing is everything, right? I've wanted to bring you on the podcast for a while now, but as soon as you told me you were writing, or you posted that you were writing your book, I was like, man, we need to time this perfectly so that whenever the podcast drops, your book drops at the same time, and then all the listeners can go straight to to the, the site and go ahead and grab that. So is your book dropping on the 6th or the 7th? It's going to be the 6th, man. Okay. And, um, it, it is really perfect timing, and it's 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 pretty, it's pretty overwhelming, you know, dropping a book. Um, I, I I think you know we're we're gonna dive into that on this podcast, but I've I've had the opportunity to be in some some really amazing rooms, be surrounded by some absolutely amazing mentors, um, and you know that that that's really what this book is all about is um, kind of kind of telling my story about that, you know, kind of telling those those top ten lessons that I've learned. From being in the room with with all these amazing entrepreneurs, business owners, CEOs, really business moguls, um, just being surrounded by them all the time, you 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 pick up on a thing or two. Uh, we have a saying: your alignment takes precedent over your assignment. And basically, what that means is who you do life with is more important than what you do in life. Because once you get surrounded by the right people, you'll do the right things by default. You'll learn the right things. You'll meet the right people. You'll see the right opportunities. Um, but the opposite is true too. You know, mom always told you, "Hey, don't hang out with that group of kids. You know, you're you're going to get into some trouble." And we hate to admit it, but mama's always right. Every time you <laughs> hung out with kids, you started seeing some loser habits in your life. Um, so that that's really what this book is all about, is just putting at you know the, the last two and a half years, learning all this stuff day in, day out, consistency, grind, um, meeting all these people, networking, going through the struggle, really my failures and, and, and learning what I failed and really condensing the condenser. That That's really the best way I could recommend it is um, I've been condensing all this information from all these different people over the past two and a half years. And I'm going to try to condense that into one single book. That's going to help not only, you know, business owners, CEOs, adults, um, but, but really my, my main goal is those young hustlers, those young people that, that are just getting out into the world. They're a little overwhelmed. The same, the same place that I was two and a half years ago, helping those people um, that that's really my goal with the book. So yes, man, eight days, October 6th is going to be the release date. Um, it's called young closer. Beautiful. So we've got this podcast episode set up to come out on the 7th. So it'll come out the day after your book launches, and that way we can get some more copies sold and everything. Um, where are they going to go to get that? 
So it it's released on Amazon. I I think that's going to be the main place. I'm sure I'll be posting it on on my Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash real Zach Sasser. Um, but if you go to Amazon and you search young closer or, or just my name, Zach Sasser, it, it should pop up, but yes, you know, that that's perfect timing. So it, it should be 100% released by the time you guys are seeing this. If, if it's not, we did something really, really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we fucked up. <laughs> yeah. We'll, uh, we'll include a link to it in the show notes as well. So if you're listening to this, go straight to the show notes, click that link and get you at least 10 copies. That way you can pass pass it on to someone that that needs it for sure so you were talking about the 10 lessons that you've learned and I just want to like highlight what you were saying about alignment over assignment too as well because if you guys don't know apex or break free academy or ryan stuman or what his whole organization is about um you know like for instance I'm executives right we pay anywhere from 35 to 45 thousand dollars a year to be in executives so Zach is constantly surrounded by those people. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that, oh, that was probably when I joined. Yeah. That was probably got grandfathered in, but now we're up to 50 and 60 K 50 if you paying for or 60 if you do payments. Damn. Yeah. So it's, it's gotten up there. Right. And that's not to mention just, you know, traveling with Ryan and being around some of these major, major influencers and business people that, you know, 50 grand a year is like, the minimum that they spend on development, right? And so being constantly surrounded by those so, by those people, it really does fast forward your education so much, which I, I can't even imagine because, you know, I worked for a couple of entrepreneurs when I was younger and I learned a lot from them what to do and what not to do and everything. And that's all good and well, but they weren't even at the level of probably a quarter of our of our executives in that group. So I'm excited about the book, excited to read it. And so you said 10 lessons. So is there 10 chapters? Is that how it's set up? So originally that, that was the plan. Um, as I wrote, some chapters ended up going. So, so basically I, I shot for 30,000 words and I would split that up into 12 chapters. So an intro, 10 chapters, one for each lesson, and then an outro. So that's like 2,500 words per chapter. But as you go through writing a book, one of those things where it's like, nobody, nobody really crushes it. You just, you just kind of get through it. You know, you just kind of get through that finish line. Yeah. Um, so I would go through and in some chapters, I would just be super inspired and I would just, you know, I, I, I had to cut it off at like 4,000 words just because I, I kept going, I kept going. Um, and then some chapters, it, it was a struggle getting 800, 900 words out of it. Um, so just to make the, the book more aesthetically pleasing and easier to read, um, especially for people that maybe they don't read a lot of books, um, to make it as simple as possible, we ended up splitting that up. Um, that was my editor's call. So I'm, I'm really not even sure how many chapters it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the goal was about 12, but I, I think it ended up having different subsections and, you know, other chapters being split into multiple ones. So um, that, that's really how it's set up now. Gotcha. All right, brother. So let's, let's kind of back up. You got a book coming out, but this all started somewhere, right? And I've heard your story a few times now, so I want to kind of take some pieces from it here and there. But let's start at the beginning. Um, I feel like you kind of caught the bug somewhere around middle school to high school in, in that range. You had talked about your, your dad gave you a marketing course or something like that. That's kind of what got you started. Yeah. So, so growing up, I, my, my dad really instilled like, like work ethic into me. So I was, I was always a hard worker growing up, you know, mowing the lawn, little stuff like that, like stuff that I wasn't even old enough to push a lawnmower. And I would go out into, you know, hundred degree weather, give my dad a water, help him pick up all the trash before he mows. Um, stuff like that. 
So that that work ethic really just just overflowed into a lot of aspects of my life. So one, it was school. Um, obviously, growing up, that's that's like your main focus. You know, you wake up, you go to school for eight hours. Um, so I, I really excelled at school. I was really good at it, and I really enjoyed it too. Um, specifically math and science. So I, I thought that I wanted to be an engineer just because, hey, you get good grades, you got to be an engineer. You know, that's how you're going to make six figures. Cool. That's the plan. Um, so that, that was really my focus was to become an engineer, go to Stanford. And then probably, it, it was in eighth grade. Eighth grade, I was taking all, all advanced classes. I was the only one in my, my entire grade to do it. I went to a 5A high school. Um, so we had about 300 people in that middle school grade. Um, and I, I, I took all advanced classes and honestly, I, I just had a mental breakdown one day. And I, I tell this story inside of the book, but I had a mental breakdown one day and my dad was like, dude, what, what are you doing this for? You're, you're killing yourself. You're going to school for eight hours. You're coming home. You're, you're taking algebra a year before you're supposed to coming home, spending five hours on homework, all the, and dude, you're, I mean, look at you, you're crying at the kitchen table. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And my dad, he had, he, he'd been an entrepreneur. He had a roofing company. Uh, so that's actually, you know, you mentioned Lone Star Exterior. That's that's where that came from was was my brother took it over for my dad. Mm -hmm. And so I, I had always seen, you know, the possibility of sales, but it was, I don't know, it was a little scary for me. You know, no no income. Plus, I, I, I didn't even know no guaranteed income. One thing that I learned is as long as you work, I mean, there is going to be a guaranteed income. But I didn't know that at the time. Um, but that that was really whenever I started making that switch eighth grade from from hey I want to go to college I want to be an engineer I want to you know have someone be the boss of me and, and pay me um, every single week to hey you know I'm seeing the opportunities with sales business ownership investing stuff along those lines so eighth grade was the switch and then in high school when I was 15 so probably like my sophomore year my dad started buying different marketing courses so that's whenever I dove into that started learning digital marketing SEO website stuff like that. And, um, dude, it, it's really just been a nonstop journey. You know, that that's when, that's when it started was when I was 15, but when I started getting, you know, 17, 18, I started a full-time marketing agency. It took, took me a little bit of time to figure it out because, you know, I'm a, I'm a 15 year old kid. I, I didn't even know what, what the website or, or <laughs> what the internet was before that. Yeah. Um, it took me a little bit, 18 started, started that agency, started producing leads for my brother's roofing company. When I was 19, I was in college. I started with Apex. And then, um, and the, the, the rest is really history. That, that was really like my starting point. Yeah, so <clears throat> before you joined uh, Bone Sites as an intern, right, you had been doing, you had been in the roofing business for six years, right? You've been basically groomed for entrepreneurship, right? So, and, yeah, so on and off, different, different tasks. So, like, like yeah. 15 was whenever I really started, like, I mean, I was doing repairs and stuff like that. I was up on the roof doing the, the manual labor, mm -hmm. switching more generating leads. 17, I, I quit Chick-fil-A um, to start selling just because we, we had a hailstorm hit my, my local community, sold like five or six roofs that first year. Nice. Um, so, yes. So then, then you jumped into marketing. You had Matrix Marketing Firm. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And so you, you have been running that for three years now. So you've got the family business. You've got your own business rolling. What made you make the leap into an internship that you're not even getting paid for necessarily with phone sites? So the crazy story about that was I had been following Stuman for, for a couple of years following me. So like, like Stuman, he, he lived like 20, 30 minutes away from me. He was like the local entrepreneur just because he posts on social media. You know, you see all these cars, 
Um, the dude had multiple McLarens. Like, like I, I had seen multiple people have Lamborghinis and McLarens and stuff like that, but he, he had like two or three. And it's like, who does that? Why? I mean, you can afford one, that same one thing, but you have multiple. Um, so it, it was just, it was real attracting just kind of seeing like, like his success. Um, and I had, I moved out when I was 18, but I just happened to go over to my, my dad's house to drop something off of my brother's. And he was on a call with Danny, who's like, like the onboarder for Apex. Um, one of Stuman's right-hand mans. And I walked in, I was wearing a, a North Texas hoodie, University of North Texas, and he offered that internship to me. And it was a split second where where I thought, no, I don't, I don't want to work for anybody else. You know, I, I, I had set myself on entrepreneurship, but then literally like as fast as that, that thought went into my head, it went right out because I was like, dude, you don't turn down an internship with Ryan Stuman. I could pray I don't, but I could fuck off for the next 10 years but literally just getting in that room, I, I, I couldn't, even if I had to work at Chick-fil-A late at night or, or sell roofs on top of that for, for a free internship, I would do that for 10 years, just to get that knowledge, meet those people and really learn what I don't know to set myself up because I, I could wake up whenever I'm 29 and still, and still be young, you know, very, very young, you know, just, just a baby. Um, so, so that's really what my mindset went into was, I don't have to get paid a ton. It, it was a paid internship. I got 15 an hour, um, but I don't, I don't have to get paid at all really. Right. Just simply being in that room with those type of people, it goes back to your alignment takes precedent over your assignment. Being in that room with those people was worth it for me. Um, just with, with, with my long-term goals and, and where I want to go. Absolutely. And that makes a ton of sense, but you know, I don't, I don't imagine at 19 years old, well, yeah, I probably would have. I probably would have done the same damn thing you did now that I think about it because I had it in my head, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. So why the hell would I not learn from one of the greatest entrepreneurs around? You know what I'm saying? So as I think about that more and more, I was going to give you a little more credit, but no, nah, I would have done the same shit. I would have jumped <laughs> all over that. Yeah, 100%. Um, so fast forward to now, you know, let's walk through basically what you've been doing at, you know, you went from phone sites to uh, Break Free Academy to where now your main product is Apex. Walk me through the, kind of that journey. So I've, I've been with Apex or, or the Ryan Stuman kind of umbrella organization <laughs> for about two and a half years. Um, so it was, it was December 2019 that I started with Phone Science as an intern. Um, about six months into it, I had, I, 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 man, I just, I made it a goal to be the hardest worker in the room. So even as an intern, I'm sitting there running funnel, you know, software demonstrations, teaching people how to use this, this software, which is phone sites. And everybody that, that comes to phone sites that needs phone sites, they, they want to generate leads. They want to close more sales. They, they want to grow their income. And I realized if these people want to want to generate more leads, phone sites is a great tool to do that, but they don't know how to do it. You know, they, they don't know where to put that funnel. They don't know how to run ads. They don't know how to organically generate those leads. So I would just casually bring up, hey, you know, you, we, we just went through this whole demonstration on phone sites. Um, but really, after talking with you, you know, building that rapport, I, I didn't say that, but building that rapport, learning more about your situation. Um, I, I really think that you would get a lot of value from our, our Apex program. Are, are you familiar with it at all? And sometimes, you know, it's like, no, nah, you know, I, I just saw, you know, an ad for phone sites. I don't, I don't even know who Ryan Stuman is. But nine times out of 10, it was somebody saying, yeah, dude, I, I've been following Stuman for a while. I've been very, very interested. I just, I, I didn't know, you know, I, I wanted to start with phone sites and maybe move on or, or I was actually just about to reach out to, to Ryan about Apex. And it was like, cool, well, actually I can help you with that. 
So I would start setting up like a three-way uh, message with me, the prospect and the other sales rep that could sold it, could sell Apex. And he, he would sell, dude, I want to say like nine out of 10 of them. Yeah. Um, I was just laying them up. It was just like, like <laughs> it was like that picture of uh, Dwayne Wade and LeBron yeah. slamming it. Um, so I, I would just lay those up and about six months into it, Stuman was like, dude, you're pretty good at this. Why, why don't we just teach you how to do it yourself? You know, a, a lot of these sales that we're having come through are coming from you. Why, why don't we just teach you how to close them yourself? You can make more money. But that was where I went from $15 an hour to no, no base and commission. So, so it was a little scary. That was a little transition right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did it, you know, I did it the first couple months. I took a hit, you know, just because I, I was learning. I, I, I didn't have that base to fall back on. Right. But after that, you know, I, I started to find my groove. I started to bigger months, bigger months, bigger months. So six months in, I made the transition from intern to sales. Another six months in, I really started hitting it off in sales, started having some, some big months. And then another six months from there, everything happened in six month increments. So six months to sales, six months to really doing good. And then six months to, to my first month hitting top producer and, and, and really, really taking off from there. Yeah. So in 2020, what did you close in 2020? 2020, it was, it was about 390,000 split between um, phone sites and Apex. And a lot of that was the last month, that December, I did a hundred, I did 202,000. So I did 396, but 202 of that more than half was the last month of that year. And then 2020, or 2021 MDM comes around and then it's 2021. Like- yeah. So, so 2021 um, MDM, which is in May, I hit 404,000. Beautiful. In one month. In one month. So, so that December month was that I, I hit 202 and I was like, Oh, why, why can't I do this every single month? And then January rolls around. It's, it's the start of the year. That's always our, like historically our lowest, our slowest month. So I, I think I hit like 68, which I, I was still proud of. You know, this, yeah. I, I went from doing 30 to 40, hit 196 once. And then I went back down to 68. It's like, hey, if 68 is my floor, that's that's a good floor. And then I went to like 72, 130, and then like 404 in May. And then after May, that was another light bulb moment where it's like, if, if I hit 404 in one month, I know we had an event this month, but is that just an excuse? Can, can I hit that every single month? And so that was my goal. Hey, hit 404 every single month. And then from there, it was like 293, 300, 330. Um, and now that now that's uh, I'm closing about between 400 and 600 K per month. I think that I think that happens a lot with sales reps in general. You know, um, not what happened with you, because you were putting in the work before the busy month came right before that big event, that MDM that kind of pushes everybody over the edge. Right. It's like you've been in Ryan's funnel, you've been in the Apex funnel, the Break Free funnel for a while now, and then you go to MDM and you're sold, right? But you had already been having those conversations up to that point. So when the event did happen, you're not closing 200 grand, you're closing 400. You know what I mean? Because you had put in the work to that point. And I think it happens so much that sales reps in general, they bank on a big event like that or a big moment like that or like, like in my business or your business too, door to door. It's always the summer months that are the best, right? And so you'll see them bank on the summer months or you'll see them bank on a road trip or you'll see them bank on a promo or a competition or something like that versus doing the work the whole time and acting as if there is nothing coming. And then when that thing does come, it's like fire. It's like gasoline on a fire, right? 
100%. So, so I had went into that event with an entire list of people that I knew were super warm. You know, they, they just had to see Apex firsthand in order to get it. It's one of those things where it, it seems cool, but until you're in the inside, you don't really get it. So once you're in that room at that event, you meet the Apex members, you hear why our clients win so big and how much they recommend us. So I had an entire list. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to introduce this person to this person because I know they're going to hit it off. They'll probably do business together. And then if they do business together, he'll join Apex executives. I'm going to meet this person. You know, I'm going to talk to them. They had these few questions. So, so I had everything just, just planned. Um, I think preparation is huge, preparing for all of that stuff. So literally putting those people's names on a piece of paper, it, it was just, hey, these are the people. I'm going to make sure they close. And then whenever I got there, obviously, you meet some more people that you didn't even have on the list, and, and they, they want to join Apex. So um, the preparation, that, that was the key. 100%. I love it. So what is your what does your work week look like now? Now that you're several years into this, you know, multi-million dollar producer and what does your work week look like right now? And, and include the good stuff too. <laughs> What's the good stuff? Oh, the, the, the PJ trips, the events, you know what I mean? Everything that's going on every week in and week out. I want to kind of set the landscape for a more important question after this. Okay. Yeah. So, so every week's different. It, it always keeps me on my toes, but I would say an average week looks like I like working out in the morning. So I, I always wake up work out in the morning, head out. Actually, we, we work out at the office now. Uh, so I just get up, come train with one of our, our Apex members who's an IFBB bodybuilder, uh, Chris Dizzo. So, so he helps us get, get right there. Yeah, I he, usually get in. Oh, he was my last, that? he was my last episode. Just came out this morning. Uh, dude, he crushed that. it. Yeah. I love that dude. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so I, I work out first thing, um, hop into the office, usually get here about nine. Um, so I, I get to the gym about seven, end up showering here and then into the office at nine. And then that's whenever I dive into a lot of proactive stuff. So in the morning I, I set up the proactive stuff. So I, I could just dive into my Facebook messenger and, you know, start selling people, going to my CRM, stuff like that. But what I choose to do is I, I choose to use that hour. Um, usually about nine to 10 is whenever I'm, I'm just super proactive. So I'm setting up my week on Mondays. I'm setting up my, my day every other day. And I just figure out what those, what those power tasks that I need to complete this week. So this week, it's a perfect example. I'm really not selling this week. I am fully committed on just getting this book out. Just like I said, it's not one of those things where, where you thrive or you crush it. It's just kind of get, get to the finish line, you know, get this out. <laughs> um, so, so that's like my, my number one power, power list this week. Um, but proactive, be proactive in the morning. And then I'm going to start transitioning into more follow-up, um, follow-up with my clients, you know, start, start putting those, those Dream 25. Once again, be proactive, think long-term. Don't think about who can close today, but think about in order to hit my sales goals for the entire year, how many of each client levels do I need to sell? What are their names? Put their names on a piece of paper. How do I um, deposit enough money into their that relationship ATM so that I can make a withdrawal towards the end of the year and they they join Apex? Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that from from John Chep, like actually this this past week we we flew to Atlanta, which is probably the good stuff, flying on a private jet to go hang out with business moguls, real estate people. Um, he, he was just telling me, hey, make sure that you're making those deposit into those relationships so that, you, you know, you can make a withdrawal. And I, I thought that was phenomenal. So, um, yeah, so, so, so follow up most of the day. And then towards the end of the day, I, I always have my calls between one and five. I don't book out, you know, one, two, five. You know, it's probably just, just a couple calls like this every single day. And then um, towards the end of the day, I, I start wrapping up and figure out what I need to do the next day. And then 
almost every single weekend is the good stuff, as you would call it. Every single weekend we are taking a trip somewhere else. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like, like Stuman's right-hand man. He, he loves taking me just because he goes to speak at these events and I'm in the back of the room talking to people. Yeah, dude, this, this dude's awesome. You should, you should join Apex. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm pretty good at it. So, so private jets aren't cheap, but by him taking me on that jet, my seat's kind of like the seat that pays for all the other seats. Cause every single trip I go on, I average $87,000 in sales. So he may drop 30, 40 K on, on a private jet, but you know, I, I, he knows I'm back there, you know, building those relationships and uh, making those sales. No, hundred percent. That's one of the, probably when I actually got to know you a little more was on the Cabo trip. And you were talking about like how every time you had to earn your spot on that Cabo trip by selling the Cabo trip, you know what I mean? And uh, I, I love that about Ryan's organization and how he's structured and everything and it's performance based, you know, which any sales centric organization should be. But at the same time, you know, you get too caught up in the operations or or the politics of the business, whatever the case is. And then you you lose focus of the sales piece, you know, which is incredibly important piece. And so that makes a lot of sense. So that's kind of what surrounds your typical work week. And so I, I got to ask, you know, because I think about myself in my 20s and all the mistakes that I made and everything. So I'm always trying to kind of preach to the next generation like, hey, don't run into this trap. And so I already know you're incredibly dialed in an individual. So in terms of in terms of how you're, you know, I know you're in a relationship right now, right? And so how do you not fall into that success trap of, you know, what most people do, what, what, what I did in my 20s, which was women and flashy things? How do you not fall into that success trap, especially with the type of trips that you're taking, you know what I'm saying, and the things that you're doing? For sure. So, so as, as far as women go, I, I think that's easy. I think I have the most beautiful girl in the world. So, I mean, I just come home to her every single night. And, I mean, that, that, that makes me happy. Yeah. Um, women is not too hard. As far as the flashy things go, I'm, I'm just, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just a simple Texas boy. You know, I've, I've, I'm, I'm not a Cali boy. You know, I'm not into all this. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm not phased by it. I'm not jaded by it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know that, you know, buying the expensive stuff, having the flashy things really doesn't add to my happiness at the end of the day. Um, at the end of the day, what makes me happy is freedom. It's time freedom. It's money freedom. It's being able to help who I want when I want to help them. Um, maybe I don't, maybe I don't want to come into the office. Maybe I want to take a, a three day weekend just because I, I feel I need it. Having that freedom is what makes me happy. Um, and, and I'm, I'm real conscious. I, I, I make a conscious effort to every time I, I feel the need that I do want something flashy. I, I want something, you know, fast car. I, I love cars. I love watches. Those are two things that, that I do love mm-hmm. it's cars and watches. Um, every time, every time that I think that I want one of those, I go into my F-150 and maybe I just drive my F-150 a little bit faster. And it's like, I mean, I don't know, like, like that makes me happy. It's just like being proud of not needing the expensive stuff to make me happy. I feel like that makes me happier than actually having the, the expensive things. I love Corvettes. I want a Corvette, um, Z06 Corvette, C7. I think that would be phenomenal. But mm-hmm. part of me just feels like once I get that C7, maybe it doesn't make me as happy as I actually think think it will. Right. And just just having that that self self awareness, it it helps me, man. Plus another thing, and maybe this maybe this is a little bit of my ego, but I, I love driving in my my F one fifty two thousand fourteen. You know, ragged raggedy. It's a nice truck. Don't get me wrong, I love it. Um, but relatively speaking, XLT nothing special. I love driving that that F one fifty down the tollway, 
passing Mercedes Benz. Maybe they're not, maybe I'm not even passing them. Maybe they're passing me, right. passing Mercedes, Lexus, Audis, all these cars. And just seeing these people and, and just, just knowing, you know, that their car costs three times as much as me, but my net net worth is, is a hundred times what theirs is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that, that, that just feeds my <laughs> ego a little bit. Just yeah. Like, I don't know, like, like I, I could have that car. I could have maybe not the A5, but I could have the RS5 or, the, or, or an R8 and just, just passing that car and just being like, dude, I'm, I, I know I'm so much happier than that person. And it's not because I feel the need to have that car, but it's just because I, I find my happiness in, in other places. No, that's massive, man. And, you know, it's a combination of self-awareness, the perspective that you have being around the people that you are. And then, yeah, you're after freedom, which at 22, 23 years old, man, I, I just wanted my own thing. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I didn't know it was called freedom. You know, I just was reaching for anything that I can get a hold of and, and, and make into a business, you know, and I got that opportunity, thankfully. But it, it's, it's amazing to have that that early on and to understand what freedom really means. You know, it's not, freedom is not saying I'm the boss. Freedom is having that, like you said, freedom of time, freedom of faith, freedom of energy, you know, you, you decide and control what your schedule looks like. You know what I'm saying? And then because you are earning and you're a earner, you're able to set yourself up for the future, you know? And so that being said, what, what is next for the young closer? Yeah, so, so what's next? Um, that's a good question. And it's something that I think, I think about a lot because I, I feel like you always have to be growing. You know, you, you don't have to be the biggest. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to... You don't have to be, you know, the end all be all. You just need to make progress. Whether you start at, at step one, you need to go to step two. Whether you start at step, step five, you got to go to step six. You just have to make that progress. Um, as far as what that next step looks for me, obviously the book is coming out right now. Um, I've, I've, I've really come into a period of my life where it's, the, man, the first two and a half years, it was it was about me, whether I, whether I like to admit it or not. It was It was about proving to people that hated on me. It was about proving to myself that that I was actually possible, that that I, that I could actually reach that level of success. It was all about me those first two and a half years. But I, I'm I'm really, I've been researching a lot of like like Maslow's law of um, or or hierarchy of needs and stuff like that. Maslow's yeah. pyramid of growth, and I I feel like I'm at that level where it's going from like self actualization, where it's like, hey, you know, it, that's when people start saying, hey, watch me, you know, watch, watch me do this. You know, y'all don't know what's about to come in. You know, I, I'm on a different level. I'm taking things to the next level to it really not being about me. It, it's it's that level to or that transition into self transcendence where it's it's about others. It, it's about, hey, I've reached this level of success. How can I help more people reach that level of success? Because at the end of the day, I feel like the, the reason God puts us on this this planet is for me to become the most elite version of myself to serve others. And I feel like over the past two and a half years, I've been focused on becoming that most elite version of myself, but I missed that second part. It's mm-hmm. for others. It's not for me. It's for, you know, maybe someone that's out there struggling way more than what I struggled coming up and they need to hear that story. So that's why the book's coming out. Or maybe it's somebody that, you know, they have the same amount of hunger as me, but they don't have the sales skills. They don't have the network. They don't have anything like that. So it's, it's up to me to train them and teach them, you know, how to make their first six figures, how to, how to crush it in sales, how, how to become that greatest version of yourself. Um, so as far as what's next for me, and that, that's what it is, focusing on others. Um, I've crushed it in sales. Maybe now teach some other people how to crush it in sales. That doesn't mean take away from the main thing, you know, don't, don't stop crushing it in sales because that, that's what keeps the lights on. That's what feeds the investment and stuff like that. 
um, but really start focusing on, on helping other people, serving other people and setting myself up really for really for life, man. Uh, talk about freedom. A lot of people go through life and, and they need a job their entire life because if they don't, they don't have 10K to their name. You know, they're, they're going to run out of money within a couple months. I'm just thinking of the power of if, if at me at 22, I put enough money into investments, passive investments, real estate, net worth building, appreciation, depreciation, cash flow, dividends, all that sort of stuff to fund my life which we just talked about, I drive a, a, a 2014 F-150. It really doesn't take too much money to do that. If I put enough money back to fund that life, dude, I, I could be at 23 living passively, not having to work, but choosing to work because I, I want to help as many people as possible. And I, I just think there's a lot of power in being able to do that. Take a step back and just be like, hey, I don't need to have a job. I have all these investments that are paying me every single month. There's a lot of power in it and I don't even know I really don't even know what's possible whenever I have that much time and I can just focus on helping as many people as possible. I mean, I think it's as exciting. Long as, yeah, it, it really is. Cause when I think about, again, being 23 years old, having a portfolio, you just bought, you just bought your first house, right? A couple of months ago. So that was a huge, that was a huge yep. benchmark that people don't do at 22, 23. And then uh, having the impact that you're having with so many people already at this incredibly young age, um, the book is perfectly titled Young Closer. And, and then again, writing the book, now you're going to have an impact via the book. I know you're speaking on more stages now, so you're going to have an impact there. You just don't see that at your age, so it's like, shit, where do you go from there? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're already accomplishing that kind of success at such a young age. It's exciting to see where you'll be in 10, 15, 20 years. You know what I'm saying? But I know as long as, like you said, your alignment takes precedence over your assignment. You're surrounded by the right type of people. It's going to be, it's going to be amazing for sure. 100%. I appreciate you saying that. It really comes down to just, just helping as many people as possible. Um, that's Ryan's mission in life. And I, I feel like I'm, I'm just going to adopt that. You know, I, I don't see a need to change that. If, if, if it's already, if, it, if it's already great, why, why, why break and fix it again? Helping as many people as possible. There's no number to that. It's not a hundred people. It's not a hundred million. It's, there's no way I can accomplish that because there's always going to be another person that I can go out there and help. Um, and how the best way I know how to do that is building businesses, um, getting people a part of the apex program, helping people They're just giving free knowledge. You know, it's it just, just my Facebook alone. I just try to educate people as much as possible about this stuff, not hypothetical stuff, but stuff that I'm actually doing, you know, buying my house so that in 10 years it doubles in value and I can, I can cash out refinance tax-free. You know, I bought a $400,000 home in 10 years. That's going to be 800 K. And not only that, I'll, I'll pay the, the principal down probably to, to 320. Um, it doesn't work out to be, to be a third of it just because of, you know, amortization and stuff like that. But right. thinking about that, you know, just simply getting in a home, I'm going to need to live somewhere anyways. So if I just buy a home right now, 10 years, it'll be 800 K mm. people don't realize that so many people that they'll buy a house whenever they're 30 and then they'll realize whenever they're, they're about to retire that they're number one net worth building asset was their home yeah if hey if that's if that's the case why not buy two why not figure out a way to, to buy one house fha 3.5 5 percent even if you have to go 10 percent down on a home and then a couple years later why, why not try to buy two and just rent that other one mm -hmm. because here's the thing if, if you buy a home when you're 22 for i, I bought it for five percent down if you buy it for 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 five percent down five years down the line your mortgage is stayed locked in at the same rate 
Well, rents went up that entire time. So now I could rent that home out, cash flow probably $500 per month. So it's, it's another income producing asset, buy another home for five, 3.5, 5, 10% down FHA. And now I have two homes. Now, whenever I get to 30, if, if most people look back in their home as their number one net worth building, what happens when you have two? What happens when you have three? What happens when you have, should I have a goal of 80 by the time I'm 30? Mm-hmm. And there's your 401k, non-traditional. <laughs> Fuck a 401k. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's it, it's very true. And like you talked about, in 10 years, that, that home will be worth 800. That's 40 grand a year that you just made in equity, right? And we're not making up numbers here. You can go back 10 years and look at the market 10 years ago. You know, and I get it. We just went through this huge spike and everything. But even if you average it out, look back at the market 10 years ago, the, the home values are probably double what they were. You know, so what you're saying makes complete sense. And we didn't know we were going to get a real estate lesson on this show, but we got one today. I appreciate you for that. And so, you know, normally I wrap up the podcast with a question about legacy. I think you've covered that when you were talking about how you're going to serve others in in the future. And that's the legacy you want to have there. You know, it's pretty obvious what your values are. You know, to me, legacy is three tiered values, purpose and passion is the second tier. And then the material things is the third tier. And I understand the concepts of the material things not being incredibly important, but they are a result of some of the things we've done in our lives. So the question is, what do you feel like some of those material things will be that you pass on? Is it going to be a Corvette? Is it going to be, you know, a real estate portfolio? Is it going to be, you know, something that you do in your spare time, a hobby, some physical, tangible asset of that? That's a tough question. Um, and the reason why is because I give a lot of thought to it. I grew up not having a lot of money. I grew up on, on free and reduced lunches half the years. Mm-hmm. Um, the other half, you know, my, my dad did good. He, he had a few good years that, that he absolutely crushed it. Um, don't get me wrong. My, my dad did good the entire time, but sometimes he, he made more money than other years. Right. Um, and I, I, I really feel like growing up poor is one of the biggest advantages you can have. Mm-hmm. And the reason I feel that way is because I watch so many people, Ed Milet, Kevin Hart, you know, all, all these celebrities that, that grow up in poverty and they see what the bottom's like. They, they see, hey, you know, this is what poverty looks like. Now I know what the value of a dollar is. I also know that what, what the bottom looks like and I, I know I don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to wake up every single day and I have that drive. I have that passion in order to get to the top now. So the reason I say that is because I've, I've seen a lot of the opposite too. Some people man, just, just the, the, um, what, what is that? What is that word? Um, just, 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 just the cliche trust fund baby. Um, trust fund kid. I've seen a lot of people that, that grow up and I have a lot of friends, you know, in in my fraternity that, you know, they grow up with that, that trust fund and they, they don't, they don't have that drive. They don't have that purpose. They don't have that passion. They're, they're not building it for them just because they know, Hey, once I turn this certain age, you know, I'm, and I'm, I'm taking care of, you know, yeah. I could put some of that money into investments and I'm good. Reason I say that is because I don't know what I want to leave my kids whenever, whenever I die. I don't know what I want to leave my grandkids. I don't know if I, I'd, I'd rather teach them how to fish and not give them the fish. I'd rather teach them how to build their, their own business, how to build their, their own portfolio. Um, but, but I haven't decided yet because I'm, I'm, I'm still not hundred percent sure. So, so as far as what those tangibles are, it's definitely going to be a lot of knowledge. That's why I'm putting this content out. That's why I'm filming these videos, podcasts, stuff like that. Uh-huh. So that my grandkids, my great, great grandkids, if there's still a world come, come that time, <laughs> pray to God, um, they can look back and they're like, dude, that, that's my great, great grandpa. And he's spitting facts. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 16. I better get my first house whenever I'm 22, like him. Um, so, so definitely a lot of knowledge, definitely a lot of pouring, pouring into those people. But as far as like the materialistic possessions, I'm still, I'm still undecided. I'm leaning more towards maybe give them, you know, help them, give them a little bit to start up, right. but fuck those kids, man. Not, I'm, I'm not giving them <laughs> any, <laughs> just, because, just because I feel like I would be taken more away from them by that's giving fair. them that stuff. Than, than not. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That That's Gary V's mindset on it. You know, he, he always talks about it. he's not going to give his kids anything but knowledge, like you said. And, and I, I do like what you said about that because I think we forget that sometimes, like how blessed we are. I mean, think about the amount of content that you and I have out there right now. You know, and it's it's not, you know, I have it all, you know, that I've created and, you know, I've got my Facebook page, Instagram, you've got all that stuff too. Like, that can easily be passed on, you know, to a certain degree, some of the content is in control of Zuckerberg, you know what I mean? But other than that, the stuff that we keep for ourselves, they're going to be able to go back and watch that someday. You know, can you imagine if you had a video of your great grandfather, you know, and holler, right? That's crazy. Like, so that, that's a huge, and it, and it is, it's a thing at the end of the day, it's a, it's a thing, right? So you can, but it's also a vehicle to pass those values and those per- that purpose and that passion on in your legacy, you know. So we have a huge advantage over our fathers and our grandfathers and great-grandfathers uh, in terms of passing on that legacy because we have so much content that they're going to be able to look up at any time that they want to, if they want to, right? And I also agree with what you're saying. Like uh, Damon John, he wrote the book uh, The Power of Broke. And so... I met him, like, I want to say five or six years ago at a uh, college speaking circuit he was doing, and I just bought a ticket and went or whatever, and he handed me that, that book, The Power of Broke, and I, and I think Ryan's posted about it too, and, it, and he talks about that concept that, you know, the, the broke have an advantage over the people that have more because they, they know what it's like to be broke, and then I think... You know, and Ed Milet talks about this a lot too, is at every level that you level up, every year that you make a dollar more, you appreciate that dollar so much more because you have been broke. You know what I'm saying? When it's given to you, like you said, the trust fund kid, or even just a kid that, you know, is coming from middle-class America, um, when you always have, it's, it's harder to be grateful for having food on your plate. You know what I'm saying? And that's why, you know, one of the things that... Uh, Ryan Stuman and uh, Apex teaches is the G code, you know, that that's where you can kind of turn that mindset. Even if you do come from middle class or even if you were, you know, your family is rich, you can turn that mind, mindset around by practicing G code and intentionally practicing gratitude every morning, you know? So it doesn't mean necessarily that if you weren't broke when you're younger, you're not going to be successful. We know that's not true. I've seen plenty of successful people that came from rich families because they were groomed to do so. Um, exactly. But if you feel like that you're lacking in that area, in that gratitude area, that's one of the tools that you can use for that. And so, no, I, I, I think that was a great answer, and I appreciate it for sure. So I just want to make sure we say it one more time. October 7th, when this episode's re- released, if you're hearing this right now, jump into the show notes, click on that link. And then if you need that help, if, if Zach is speaking to you right now, if you want to hear some more real estate game from him, whatever the case is, uh, where do they reach out to you at, brother? So I'm, I'm most active on Instagram and Facebook. So my Instagram is going to be Sasser 
S-A-S-S-E-R-2-1. And then on Facebook, like I'm, I mentioned earlier, facebook.com forward slash real Zach Sasser. And I, I try to post as much free content in there as possible. Unfortunately, they wouldn't let me release my book for free, but I'm, and I'm not trying to make a killing off of it. I'm going to re- release it for as little as, as, as they will, they will let me for as long as I don't lose money on it. So I, I'm, I think I'm shooting for like six or six or seven bucks. Yeah. Um, so if you can, if you have the means, go grab that book, because like I said, I'm not trying to make a killing off of it. I just want to help as many people as possible. So it, if it's not on Amazon, Young Closer or Zach Sasser on Amazon, then we seriously, seriously messed up. Message um, <laughs> on Facebook, but um, I'm I'm looking forward to that book impacting it as many people as possible because I, I really have been blessed. Um, I hate the word luck, but I have been blessed in being in some incredible rooms, having some incredible mentors, and I, I just want to give out as much of that content, the the cream of the crop, the top ten lessons that I've learned that entire time to just everybody that that maybe has that same ambitions, but you know that they, they they didn't go over to their parents' house who their dad has been an apex client for years and, you know, get offered an internship and just kind of take off from there. So, um, Doug, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you for coming on the podcast. If it's any indication of the value that you're going to bring in that book, then this podcast will highlight that a hundred percent. So we'll include all that in the show notes so people can reach out to you. People can purchase the book and then we'll be good to go. I appreciate you coming on brother. Cool. Let's get building. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts and subscribe so you're notified when we release new content. Great sales teams aren't recruited. They are built brick by brick. Let's get building.